Thank you for joining Radio Maria England. We now present Feasts and Seasons, presented by Joanna Bogle. Hello, this is Joanna Bogle with Feasts and Seasons. And we're coming up to midsummer. Everything about midsummer is exciting when it comes to the calendar. Because understanding how it all fits together with, you're going to be surprised about this, Christmas and the Annunciation and, oh, lots more, is great fun. I love summer. Who doesn't? Of course it's fun. But I have to say, I particularly love summer rain. The scent of rain thud, thud, thudding onto dry, burnt grass is glorious. And walking in the rain in summer is fun. I have memories of guide camp in the old, old days with canvas tents. I think, actually, I really do think they were left over from the Second World War when I was camping in the late 1960s. Yeah, 20 years old tents, it felt about right. But, you know, it was awfully cosy inside, singing, having fun, and somehow having to have fun and make fun because of the rain. So I love summer rain. If it's raining when you're listening to this, or if you're hearing it's going to rain, don't say, oh, it's raining tomorrow. Say, hey, it's going to rain tomorrow. Rain all day, every day would be awful. But summer rain, when you've got something over your head, even if it's only a canvas tent, is wonderful. And the scent of summer rain on parched summer grass is one of the most beautiful scents on earth and is one of the scents I'm looking forward to in heaven. Rain. You see, midsummer, the very word spells a sort of magic and charm. And are you thinking, as some people I think are, of A Midsummer Night's Dream, Shakespeare's play? Yes, that all comes into it. Now, the longest day of the year is June the 21st, and we mark the birthday of St. John the Baptist on June the 24th. Now, due to a four-day slippage, for want of a better word, discrepancy between the way our pagan ancestors marked the summer solstice and the Roman Empire organized its calendar. We really mark Midsummer Day on June the 24th. Yes, the birthday of John the Baptist. Now, I could go into that in greater detail, but it's important just to remember St. John's Day, the birthday of John the Baptist, is essentially Midsummer Day. Now, there's an awful lot that's relevant about this. Christianity came to our country, and indeed to the rest of Northwestern Europe, through the Roman Empire, that same Roman Empire into which Christ, our Saviour, was born. We don't know when it first arrived, but we do know that it got embedded in the days of the Roman Empire. That, that's before the Angles and Saxons arrived and called England, England. It was Britannia, and it was part of the Roman Empire. And the Angles and Saxons arrived after that empire collapsed and were evangelized in their turn. But our calendar is all framed by the way the Romans marked their calendar, but also, and this is the most important thing, by what we understand about the life of Christ. In the springtime, when the days are getting longer, when everything is growing and budding, that's when we mark the Annunciation, the Incarnation, Christ coming to us, Christ becoming human, the Incarnation, Christ, God Almighty, 
God the Son taking human flesh under the beating heart of a woman. Lady Day, that's the old name for March the 25th, the Feast of the Annunciation. It takes nine months for a baby to grow safely under his mother's beating heart till he's ready to be born. Count nine months up from March the 25th, then you get to December the 25th, Christmas Day. That all fits. As described in the Gospel of Luke, who writes all about it in Greek for the early Christians, that uh, we may understand these things that have been happening amongst us, as he, as he later writes, Luke explains exactly how it all fell about in the Gospel of Luke, how the angel came to Mary. And there's a dialogue, a liturgical dialogue, rather like the beginning of Mass, really. The Lord be with you and with your spirit. The angel spoke and Mary responded. It's a dialogue. Now, the angel told her something else, not only about the child she was to bear, but your cousin Elizabeth, who everyone thought was too old to have a baby, is also with child and is now in her sixth month. So if Elizabeth is six months pregnant, let's say on March the 25th, count up three more, March, April, May, June. And on June the 24th, you can always mark a feast on the day before, incidentally. So 24th, 25th, just like Christmas is December the 24th, 25th. It's the birthday of John the Baptist, Midsummer Day. Lady Day is the spring solstice, equal night, equal day. The birth of John the Baptist is the summer solstice, the longest day of the year. Christmas, the birth of Christ, is the winter solstice, the shortest day of the year. It's all very important. It all fits in with the calendar. And did you know that a long, long tradition in the church is that Christ died, when he died on the cross on Good Friday, it was March the 25th, the perfect symmetry. In other words, Lady Day, the spring equinox, the spring equinox, equal day, equal night. I said solstice, but it's equinox, the spring equinox, equal day, equal night. Lady Day is also the first Good Friday. Now, if you're still with me, you should look some of this up because it gets very, very interesting. All of this is going back a long way. This isn't invented. This isn't medieval England. This isn't the 19th century. This isn't people creating calendars a couple of years ago. This all goes back to the very beginning of our recorded history, the beginning of the keeping of time in the West, the Roman Empire the way in which people understood that they could calculate time and mark it down. So the birthday of John the Baptist is Midsummer Day, and it's been marked as that for centuries and centuries and centuries, not just the Romans, not just the Saxons converted in their turn. No, no, this longest day has always been seen as enormously important. Summer, glorious, midsummer. In medieval times, it was often celebrated as a summer Christmas. You remember that in the scriptures, John the Baptist says of Christ, he must increase and I must decrease. And after Midsummer Day, John Baptist's birthday, the days get shorter. And after Christ's birthday, December, they get longer. Christ must increase. John the Baptist must decrease. And so must you and I, letting Christ increase in our lives, in our hearts, in our love. So John the Baptist's 
birthday has this obviously link with Christmas. Remember, it is he who points us to Christ. Behold the Lamb of God. And it was he who was a baby, an unborn baby in his mother's womb, leapt to greet the unborn Christ in his mother's womb. It's, it's interesting that leaping is the same word that the scriptures use for David, King David, Christ's ancestor, leaping before the Ark of the Covenant. And you will often hear Mary described as the new Ark of the Covenant. In the Old Testament, the Ark of the Covenant carried the Holy of Holies. And of course, Mary in her womb carried Christ, the Holy of Holies. So John the Baptist is very important. And his birthday on Midsummer Day is very important. And it's Midsummer. And let's celebrate. Yes, celebrate. William Shakespeare wrote a play called A Midsummer Night's Dream. And it's all about fun and celebration. It's about love and the fun of people falling in love. And it's about good and truth triumphing over rather horrid little forest creatures who in the end are powerless before the truth of true love. It's very interesting because A Midsummer Night's Dream was designed when it was written by Shakespeare to be performed out of doors. And it still is often performed out of doors. And in his day, it would have been performed at what people sometimes called, as I've said, the summer Christmas. People celebrated Midsummer, John the Baptist's birthday, with echoes of Christmas, the winter Christmas, Christ's birthday. In a Midsummer Night's Dream, you've got a mix of people. There's a very grand court, the court of Duke Theseus and Hippolyta, and he's marrying. Marriage is always very important always important, and for Christians it's central, is the primordial sacrament. You have very grand people, and you have very ungrand people, the workmen who are putting on a play, and they're doing it in a very muddly way, they're sort of rustics, they keep getting things wrong, and they're sort of comic characters. At Christ's birth, you had two lots of people coming, very grand, the men from the east, the wise men, often referred to as kings from the east, and the rustics, the shepherds. That's echoed in Shakespeare's play. In any good nativity play, think of all the ones you've watched, there's a donkey. Mary travelled on a donkey with Joseph to Bethlehem. And in A Midsummer Night's Dream, the, the weaver Bottom, one of the rustics, is given a donkey's head. That's all part of the story. If you were medieval and you were watching A Midsummer Night's Dream, out of doors, as plays always were before theatres were built, and that's another thing worth remembering. A lot of Shakespeare's plays were designed to be out of doors. They didn't have lots and lots of indoor theatres as we do. They were often performed in parks and so on, so think of them being performed essentially out of doors. If you were watching such a play, you'd think about Christmas. You'd know it was the summer Christmas, St John's Day, hurrah. And you'd expect to see some Christmassy things. A story of love, something slightly matrimonial because there was an understanding of the essentially nuptial story, which is God's bond with us, Christ and his church and so on. And you'd expect rustics and grand people and you'd expect a donkey and you'd expect the theme to be love. Once you explore Shakespeare, you understand his Catholicism and how deep it is. It's fun to find out more and I invite you to do that because it's enormously interesting. Meanwhile, let's celebrate St. John's Day. What's the tradition? Well, bonfires, funnily enough, there was this idea that you light a bonfire that evening 
because you connect the light with the light. As the light fades, the bonfire glows, and you keep it going until the dawn comes up, which is very early, because it's the shortest, darkest night. And so bonfires are fun, but in our tradition, I think we'd say, have a barbecue. It's not just you need the fire to warm you, have it to cook on. And yes, it's fun as the light fades rather slowly because it stays light until very late. You look to the dawn. One tradition in Ireland was to cast the ashes of St. John's fire onto the fields. They were felt to have a blessing. You said a prayer as you scattered the ashes. I was in Austria one at Johannistag, and they said their tradition is to light bonfires high up in the hills or on the very tops of the mountains. Oh, and you jump over the ashes of the fire and make a wish. Girls, it's the time to wish for a good husband. You can invoke, not just wishing, but prayer. Invoke St. John the Baptist for a good husband. Nice idea? Jump high over the ashes. There are lots of nice traditions about Midsummer that are all to do with this. The night is dark but short. The light comes. The dawn comes up early. It's all a theme of light over dark and the fun of summer. So a party for Midsummer is fun. Find some Shakespeare to quote. Think about bonfires, think about love, think about John the Baptist, and it's Midsummer. And fit the calendar together. Look up Lady Day. Look up Michaelmas. Find out about quarter days. Think about the way our calendar is much older and richer than most people imagine. And find out more. When we explore the calendar, we understand that the church is not an extra thing stitched on at the edge of our lives, but the very core of our civilization here in Britain. Why do we number our years the way that we do? And think about more. Think about the names of flowers, marigolds and Mary, daffodils, which bloom on St. David's Day. Many of the names of our flowers have many traditions connected with saints and especially with Mary. What about pub signs? Find out what they mean. The seven stars are the stars around Mary's head. Once we understand that our traditions, culture, yes, even our calendar, are soaked in the Christian faith, we come to see that Catholicism is something that is much bigger than we thought. Perhaps because of our history, many of us go to a very modern church. That's good. It's nice to think of people building churches in the lifetime of some of us. And there's something special that every contribution is made to the church in every century. We also have some wonderful, glorious 19th century churches in Britain. And our very old medieval churches, now part of the Anglican Communion, are a source of great legitimate national love and pride. But Perhaps because a lot of us go to modern churches, we don't understand the richness of history. We only see something built fairly recently, and we get a parish newsletter about good things that are happening now. But our history is written in the story of our towns and cities, in our pub signs, in our nursery rhymes, in our very old churches and cathedrals. And sometimes it's important to understand that we've inherited a rich, and beautiful Christian culture. And yes, every generation adds to it. It's fun to think about that too. We're celebrating the birthday of John the Baptist. 
But in a lifetime of people listening, we've had new saints added to the calendar. The great St. John Paul, who visited Britain 40 years ago next year, an anniversary worth marking, incidentally. And very new ones, Carlo Acutis, born in London. Think about Mother Teresa of Calcutta, who I remember as a, a rather obscure nun who suddenly shot to fame after her wonderful work in India was recognized and put on television, but she's now a saint. So the calendar is always enriched, growing. You and I are writing history. We're part of history and we've inherited it. Have a wonderful time on your Tag, St. John's Day, the birthday of John the Baptist, Midsummer Day. Enjoy a barbecue. Invite the friends. Happy Midsummer. You're listening to Auntie Joanna, Joanna Bogle on Feasts and Seasons. Tune in to Auntie Joanna on Feasts and Seasons on Sunday, 6.30pm, Tuesday, 4.30pm, Saturday, 2.30am, Saturday, 8.30pm. And send us any of your stories. Tell us how you celebrate the feasts and seasons of the church's year. Any family traditions? What do you do, make, eat and sing for the different feasts of the year? What will you be doing for the feasts that are coming up? Send us your stories at info at radiomariaengland.uk.